from the Free Speech Project at Georgetown University. This is Speaking Freely. I'm Sanford Unger. There's an old saying that politics makes strange bedfellows, and so can standing up for free speech. The American Civil Liberties Union of the District of Columbia is representing a group of unlikely co-plaintiffs in a lawsuit against the D.C. Regional Transportation Agency. The ACLU accuses the Washington metro system of violating the First Amendment when it refused to run what it considered controversial ads in subway stations and on trains and buses. The plaintiffs include PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, a group advertising for an abortion pill, publishers of a book by right-wing provocateur Milo Yiannopoulos, and the ACLU itself promoting the First Amendment. And so we had these four uh, examples coming together fairly close in time. Not exactly four uh, plaintiffs you would expect to find in the same room. Well, that's right, and they haven't yet been in the same room. (laughs) (laughs) Art Spitzer is our guest today. He's legal director for the ACLU in the nation's capital and lead attorney in the lawsuit the ACLU has filed against WMATA. The D.C. metro system, the, the subway system, opened in the mid-70s here, and from the time it opened until late 2015, they had a fairly wide-open advertising policy. There are advertising posters in stations and placards in the trains and on buses, and they largely took whatever they were paid for. And there were some situations in which they refused ads. There was one in the early 1980s in which they refused an ad that was a photo montage that showed President Reagan all dressed up nicely for a dinner, apparently pointing and you know making fun of a bunch of homeless people. And they rejected it on the ground that it was false because it wasn't a real picture. And the, there was a lawsuit about that, and it went up to the Court of Appeals. And a, a fabulous a panel of judges, Bork and Ken Starr and Scalia, on the D.C. Circuit unanimously ruled that, that this violated the First Amendment rights of the advertisers. So that the, the poster yeah. of Reagan was okay? It was that there's no such thing as false political advertising right. and that Metro had created an open forum for advertising. And Metro took that decision to heart and for the next 15, 20 years they pretty much allowed all kinds of political Any, anything, advertising. Anything could be... They had a ban on alcohol and tobacco And, of course, they had a ban, which makes perfect sense, against advocating illegal activities. You couldn't say, you know, get your cocaine at the corner of 7th and H. But then a time came in 2015 when they were asked to accept an ad that they didn't want to accept. And so they changed their policy in order to prevent that ad from going up. And they they said, we're no longer an open forum, and we're no longer going to allow issue ads. And that's not the language of the regulation. The regulation actually has... 14 different points in all the kinds of advertising, but the main ones are ads about public issues on which people disagree and ads that attempt to influence public policy. And since then, they've rejected a bunch of ads from a variety of organizations. We were not happy with this policy when they changed it. We've sort of been looking for the right case to challenge it, a test case. And the case came together earlier this year. They rejected an ad by the American Civil Liberties Union. We wanted to post an ad that had the text of the First Amendment in English and Spanish and Arabic. And they decided, for reasons they haven't explained yet, that this was too political. They also then rejected an ad, a series of ads by PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, encouraging people to eat a vegan diet. They had a poster of a pig, 
Uh, and the pig was saying, the caption said, I'm me, not meat. Go vegan. And they had uh, another poster of a, a soldier saying, when I signed up for the army, I didn't think I was going to be told to stab goats, protesting what apparently goes on uh, in some army training when people are taught to use their bayonets mm. on live animals so they really understand what they're doing. Uh, debatable whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, but right. Peter certainly has a point of view that we think they're entitled to express. Right. They then also rejected an ad uh, for a, an organization called Carafem, which is a women's health provider that provides what's called the 10-week-after pill, mm -hmm. which is a medical uh, abortion as opposed to a surgical abortion. You take these two pills, this is a government-approved drug, and they cause a miscarriage. And the ad simply showed a picture of a pill and said uh, the 10-week-after pill, safe, private, inexpensive. I, I don't think I'm quoting it exactly, but that right. was the gist of it. They rejected that because it had something to do with abortion, right. which is controversial. And then finally, they accepted an ad by uh, a company called Milo Worldwide LLC, which is a company uh, set up by Milo Yiannopoulos, a controversial, uh, provocative... right speaker, I think, is what most people call uh, I think it. most people would say that. He published a book on the 4th of July called Dangerous, it's about what he believes, and it's, it has a chapter about why blacks hate me, why feminists hate me, why pro-choice people hate me, uh, you know, all the different issues that he has spoken out on. Just to a, be clear, why they hate him. Why they hate, well, the chapters are why they hate me. Right. Of course, what they hate are his positions, his right. ideas, and the fact that he is so outspoken and provocative about them. And I think it's fair to say that he relishes being controversial and provocative. He's made he generally uh, gets invited to give speeches that he never has to give. Often. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. It's a book about ideas, so you could go and to Amazon. And they accepted that ad. And they accepted the ad. They've taken many ads for books. There was nothing in the ad that was political or controversial right. unless you consider his face by itself to be controversial, which apparently some people did. And he has said some very controversial things that we don't need to get into here. But Absolutely true. Many people objected to. And, and so do many other people say controversial things, yes. although he makes a point of being right. provocative. The ads went up and Metro started getting tweets, mostly, and a couple of emails uh, from people who found it objectionable that he was allowed to advertise his book because they think he's a they don't like him. They don't like him. And after about a day of getting these tweets, and there weren't that many, there were only fewer than a dozen, Metro very quickly decided that these ads were unacceptable and ordered them to be immediately taken down, which they were. Uh, and so we had these four uh, examples coming together fairly close in time. Not exactly four uh, plaintiffs you would expect to find in the same room. Well, that's right, and they haven't yet been in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> They've been on the phone and email together. Of course, each of them had to think about, do we want to be associated with these others in a lawsuit? We, the ACLU, were very enthusiastic about getting them together because we thought that would present a particularly good vehicle for public education about how freedom of speech has to protect everybody or it's not going to protect anybody. Right. So your premise here, maybe yeah. not in legal language, is that the public transportation system is in no position to say, what views should be exposed to the public or not. Right. To use a legal phrase, but not a difficult one, we call it viewpoint neutrality. Right. The Supreme Court has said that the sort of the most clear rule 
when it comes to speech in a government forum is that the government can't discriminate based on the viewpoint expressed right. by the speaker. And whoever's in power at any particular time. It could right. change from one uh, Very obviously. To I mean, the, the Trump administration might be happy to have Milo Yiannopoulos's speech and not Carafam's speech. Right. And the Obama administration, perhaps the other way. And so we think it's an extremely important principle, this principle of viewpoint neutrality or non-discrimination. There can be rules, and especially in a place like Metro, which is not Lafayette Park, it's not a public right. sidewalk, uh, it's a more limited kind of a public forum, there can be some rules. And so we haven't challenged Metro's rule against cigarette advertising. Metro can have categories of things yes. that I, it doesn't I, accept advertising. Right. What um, could possibly be the objection to an ad or a poster quoting the First Amendment? Well. I don't want to make the other side's argument especially, but I think what, what their view is is that showing it in English and Spanish and Arabic was making a statement of some sort. By choice of languages, you by, mean? By choice of languages, I think. I, I don't, we don't know what would have happened if we had submitted an ad only with the text of the First Amendment in English. Would, would they have viewed that as issue-oriented and perhaps in the context of what's going on politically Perhaps they would have said that's issue-oriented. That, that does seem surprising since many people on all political sides cite the First Amendment as their guarantee of their sure. right to speak on, on whatever subject it might be. Sure. Uh, of course, there are some people who, who don't like the First Amendment. There are people who think hate speech should be banned. Right. There are people who think Milo Yiannopoulos' speech should be banned. Well, I think most of those people say they're in favor of free speech, but not the particular speech that bothers well, them. Well, of course. That's so right. The, the that's right. First Amendment's fine up to the edge of what... Well, and as you know, there are serious people who have called on the government to amend the First Amendment to carve out political campaign finance and related speech who think we need to have the, give the government the ability to ban certain people from speaking about elections. Right. They don't like the First Amendment, or at least they don't like the way they the Supreme like Court has interpreted it. it. They, they, right. would, they would say it means everything except what they don't like. One, one brief digression here. Uh, is this unique to Washington, this kind of dispute? Are there other cities where the transit systems have gone through a similar controversy? Yes, many places, and, and many transit systems have adopted rules more or less similar to what WMATA has adopted here, and there have been lawsuits in a bunch of other places, too. WMATA being Washington Metropolitan Area Transit, Transit Authority. Authority. Right. Uh, so w do you know offhand what some of those cities are where speech is either freer or more restricted on the public transportation systems? So, so every system has a slightly different set of rules, right. but there's been litigation over these kinds of issues in New York, in Seattle, in some town in, in California, and I, it was not it was not San Francisco or Los Angeles. Uh, because it does seem odd. Cleveland, I think. I mean, yeah. long live the federal system, but it does seem odd that what's considered appropriate would be different. Yeah. It, it, it's an interesting application of community standards. The First Amendment might right. be okay in Detroit, right. but not in no, that's Washington right. or, or what and, have you. And case in point, the very same ad for Milo Yiannopoulos's book um, was accepted and posted in the Chicago Transit System and in the New York Metropolitan Transit Authority in the New York subways. Is part of the argument here that if the metro system can decide today that these four things are objectionable or three were objectionable and fourth one became objectionable because of public pressure, that this is the proverbial slippery slope and that next year... Yeah. It'll be four more or eight more or who knows how many. 
No, the, um, Metro has been rejecting ads since it changed its policy, and, and I'm sure they will continue to reject ads unless our lawsuit makes them change their policy. And it is, as we were saying a minute ago, we think inherently arbitrary. Here's another example. If you, if you take the subway to the Pentagon station here in D.C., you will pretty much always see ads by defense contractors for the latest <laughs> hardware that they're trying to sell to the Pentagon. Right. We have pictures that we put in the lawsuit of ads for, you know, for a particular jet fighter that basically said, you know, we, we can accomplish the mission with this jet fighter. Well, that so particular fighter is actually a very controversial fighter. It has flunked repeatedly in, in testing. Many members of Congress have called for that whole program to be terminated because it's a sink of billions of dollars that they think will never get anywhere. I'm no expert on, on jet fighters, so I don't have an opinion on that. But it's clear that this company is advertising to the decision makers at the Pentagon when they get on and off the subway at so, the Pentagon, so in a sense, trying to influence public policy, which is against the rules. And yet whoever was reviewing these ads, it didn't occur to them, because it's an ad by a big company for a commercial product, it didn't occur to them that we think that ad clearly violates their rules. Taking the ad for the, with the First Amendment quoted, I suppose yeah. the NRA could say, well, fine, we'll have one with the Second Amendment. Sure. And you would not oppose that? No. Uh, we, if they would like to be our client, we'd be delighted. <laughs> Can you think of anything other than tobacco, illegal, mm -hmm. illicit drugs? Can mm -hmm. you think of anything that you would put in a category? What if the Ku Klux Klan wanted to have such an ad in the Washington Metro system, sort of advertising for members? Would that be all right? Oh, I think so. I think so. Um, that's political speech. In terms of commercial advertising, ads that are false and misleading can be rejected. I mean, that's the law, and that's a, a clear difference between commercial and political sort of advertising. If the Ku Klux Klan says this is and should be a white nation, a white Protestant nation, or mm -hmm. however they would say it, mm -hmm. and evil lurks among these other people, and maybe the Ku Klux Klan is not the best example. There are some explicitly white supremacist organizations right. now that speak much more viciously, I think. If you defend their right to put ads on a transit system, since that's what we're talking about, yeah. is this just the marketplace of ideas, or do you, in defending their right, become their accomplice the way you become the accomplice, or would be accused of being the accomplice, perhaps, of the people selling, trying to sell the the weapon system to the Pentagon. Sure. Well, we're accused of being accomplices all the time. And I think the answer to that is it's the First Amendment that you need to accuse of being the accomplice. <laughs> it's the founders of the, of the country who didn't want to give the government the power to decide what can be said and, and what can't be said in a public forum. If you're the publisher of the New York Times or the Washington Post and you decide you want to reject certain ads, that's your First Amendment right, because you're not the government. And a lot of people don't really get this distinction, which is a fundamental right. distinction the in our law. The public versus the private. Public versus private. Um, but when it's the government making the decision, when the government is saying who can have a parade down Main Street, or who can have a rally on the sidewalk in front of the White House, or who can put their ads in a public transit system, or have a meeting at a public university, that's when the First Amendment cuts in and says, 
we can't have the government deciding what speech is okay and what speech is not okay. It always puzzles me when radical activists, whether on the right or the left or somewhere else, are so enthusiastic to ban the, the speech side. of their opponents, yes. not thinking they are not sitting in the White House or likely to anytime soon. They are not sitting on the Supreme Court or likely to be there anytime soon. Who do they think is going to make these decisions if you give the government the power to ban speech? It's their speech that's going to be banned first, uh, very likely. Art Spitzer is legal director for the ACLU of the District of Columbia. For an extended version of our conversation, you can visit the Speaking Freely section of our website, freespeechproject.georgetown.edu. Our project is funded by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation. I'm Sanford Unger. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Speaking Freely. Speaking Freely.